got to take my son Weston to St. Louis on a train trip about a year ago, uh, January, and it was part of his birthday. I wanted to take him to, uh, we were going to catch a train in Springfield, Amtrak it down to St. Louis, and hit the Science Center, uh, and then we we're going to do some ice skating. That was our, uh, that was our plan and celebration, and, and he said I, it's okay for me to share this story. And so I uh, was reading a book at the time called I Like Giving, and it was just about living generously. And I thought to myself, okay, we're going to have a train trip, we're going to have some opportunities, might see some people that need, might be an opportunity to tip some people for service or whatever. I, I, I was thinking, I'm going to get, just follow his lead. I'm going to kind of present the opportunity and just say, what do you think we should do? And if I had the funds to do it, then I just would follow it. And so before we got on our train there on uh, Monroe Street, hit Subway, had to have lunch. You can't go on a train ride without uh, having something on your tummy. So we got some Subway, and as we're getting the checkout, they've got the little plastic cup, magic marker, tips. You've seen it. And so I said, okay, this is a tip jar. Uh, if we think the service was, was good, we can give them a dollar or two or whatever you think. Uh, what do you think we should do? He's like, let's, let's give them, I don't know, he said two or three, maybe four dollars. So we put the money in, got on our train, have our fun day, science center, uh, ice skating, getting ready to come back home at the train station, and again, got to get something to eat. Might have been a Burger King, something there in the, the train station, and just kind of, it's kind of rough area, you understand? It's just kind of, this seems dark, okay? And so, uh, so we're there, and uh, get, our, get our hamburgers or whatever. It seemed like it was $12. How we got food for $12 at the train station, I don't know, but $12, I pay with a 20, plastic cup there. Okay, what should we do, Wesson? How much should we give him? He says, all of it. Look, okay, so I gave $8 of tip for a $12 meal. And I got to thinking, you know, it's pretty easy to be generous with someone else's money. I mean, it's not his money. And then I got to thinking, you know what? None of this really is our stuff. It's a gift from God. Psalm 24 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So maybe if we can take Weston's heart and remember that everything we have really isn't ours, might be able to help us be more generous. I love our kids, and not just my kids, just kids, because they really do have generous hearts, don't they? Now there's times where they get very possessive. It's mine. But a lot of times they really want to give, and they are sensitive to others' needs around them. So maybe we could follow their lead as was read in the scripture, a little child shall lead them. So in our Core 52 this week, our study is labeled money. Jesus talks about money and possessions a lot in his teachings, more than he does about prayer or faith. The Bible has over 2,300 references to money and possessions and stuff. So it's an important thing for us to think through as we get into this uh, topic today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. We're still in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that's recorded in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and this idea of the wisdom of God. And so we want to look at how we can live generously. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21, this is our core verse that I want to encourage us to focus on this week. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. As we look at those three verses, there's two commands. Don't do this, but do this, and there's an end result. So the first command, he really says, do not treasure the things of earth that can be destroyed. Do not treasure the things of earth that can be destroyed. That's in verse 19. And that word treasure, do not store up for yourselves, it's actually the verb of treasure. Do not treasure the treasures of earth. And that word treasure in the Greek New Testament is where we get our English word thesaurus. And some of you are saying, isn't that a cool dinosaur? No. A thesaurus is like a, a dictionary, but it's got words that are, have synonyms. It's a treasury of words. And so the word is, do not treasure the treasures of earth, where moths and vermin, or some translations say rust, destroy. In the ancient world, in the time of Jesus, there were two things that were valuable, clothing and coins clothing and coins for us. You know, we still like our clothes. Uh, We don't have a lot of coin money now, but we still do. Some of you probably have some silver or gold dollars or some special coins, Uh, but we view it more as in a bunch of numbers on a spreadsheet in some bank. We probably would consider valuable our cars and our houses. Those are some of the things. And so Jesus says, don't treasure that stuff where moths can eat your clothes. You've seen what a moth can do to a piece of clothing, or where vermin destroys, what the NIV says. And I had to look, vermin, what? What's, what's vermin? I kind of had a picture. I'm like, I think they're really creepy animals that we don't like. Uh, and so I did a little digging on vermin, and one of the descriptions is disgusting animals. Okay? And then they give the list. Lice, bed bugs, cockroaches, mice, rats, Then it goes on to uh, weasels and coyotes. That's the list that I saw. Vermin. So Jesus is saying, okay, you watch your stuff because if your treasure is just in those things where those vivid creatures can get to, you're in trouble. Don't you love Jesus? It's so visual and vivid. And I did some digging in this verse. And that word for vermin... Now, can I just get nerdy for like 10 seconds with you, okay? Just real quick. So I did some studying on this word vermin in the Greek New Testament. And here's how you spell the word vermin in Greek if you were to use English letters. B-R-O-S-I-S. That's my last name. So the rosy last name in the New Testament is vermin disgusting animals. It took me 20 plus years of studying the New Testament to finally find my name. It's written in the book of life as vermin. So Jesus could be saying, do not treasure the things of earth where moth and vermin or where moths and brosies destroy. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so this idea that Jesus says, don't focus on the things earth remember he says your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and jim dalrymple in a study on right now media that we've got queued up uh, is um, teaching on treasure in his lesson and if you haven't gotten your right now media check it out you can also download stuff 
So you can download it if you're you know, on your commute, you're driving around, maybe you're going on vacation. The kids' shows, you can, you can do that on different devices from what I've been told. And so there's different ways you can utilize this. But he, in his teaching, Jim is saying that they were teaching about this text in their church. And they gave people all kinds of those garage sale um, price tags. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if we use those very much anymore, but used to. You know, the little orange and red and green little you know, five cents, one dollar, ten dollar things. And he said, they got him two sets for the church and, you know, gave everybody two different sets. One was labeled uh, temporary, treasures of earth, and the other was eternal, things of heaven. And they said, okay, take your price tags and just start kind of labeling, what is it, is it temporary or is it eternal? You know, earthly, heavenly. And so, you know, the stuff, you know, cars, maybe your house, maybe your you know, shiny objects, temporary, temporary, temporary. And then they started seeing all their kids run around and eternal, eternal, eternal. These things, you know, our children, you know, are investing in something that will last because we have a soul, we have a spirit with God. And so the idea, maybe that'd be helpful for us to just kind of start thinking, you know, what's temporary? What is eternal? Jesus says, do not treasure the treasures of earth where they could be destroyed. Instead, you go to verse 20, and he says, but treasure the treasures of heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Anybody been robbed before? How's that feeling? Talked with people who have been robbed. Feelings of anger, frustration, feel like you've been violated. You feel upset about people who would stoop so low to take something that you worked so hard for. Maybe there are sleepless nights because you think, am I safe in my own home anymore? There are lots of feelings. And Jesus says, you store up the treasures where thieves can't hurt you and where moth and vermin do not get to you. So he says in verse 20, you put your treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy it. Jesus gives a couple of, uh, gives another example of it that Luke records. If you want to find it in your Bible, it's in Luke chapter 12, verse 33. And the context of this, that Luke gives, gives the Sermon on the Mount in a couple of different places. But in Luke 12, 33, he's given it in a similar context. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. God's going to take care of you. But in Luke 12, 33, he says, Jesus says, Sell your possessions, give the poor, Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. So you want a fail-safe investment? Sounds like treasures in heaven. Never fails. That sounds like a good idea. The Apostle Paul gives some instructions to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 19 Timothy is preaching uh, in, in Ephesus, and it was a wealthy town. They were known for having silver. And he, uh, Paul, is an you know, older preacher teaching to a younger preacher. He says, here's what you should teach, teach people. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through following. Command those who are rich in the, this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That was a phrase that just stuck out to me as I was reading it. God richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. Verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, be willing to share 
In this way, they will lay up for themselves treasures or a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. He's giving you some examples of what does this treasures in heaven look like. Be generous, willing to share, caring for the poor. And in doing so, you're laying up yourself a firm foundation for the coming age. What's another example of how this looks, of how we can invest in treasures in heaven? Well, just recently, Berlin Church has partnered with Alex and Lauren Follett with Pioneer Bible Translators. A lot of churches in this season are cutting, you know, expenses. We were able to actually invest and have another mission partner. They're going to be serving in West Africa. We've got a couple pictures of them that we can show of you. Alex and Lauren Follett, they're dear friends of Michael and Janelle. They're going to have a baby in July, and they're going to move to West Africa. Treasures in heaven for that for sure. But they want to, Pioneer Bible Translators' mission is just to get the Bible to the Bibleless peoples. There's still over 2,000 language groups who don't have a Bible in their own language. We think about Pentecost Sunday, you know, God's Holy Spirit gave them different languages and Pioneer Bible Translators are saying, you know, these languages are important to God and we want to get the scriptures into their heart languages. And so their primary role is going to be to assist in the translation of the Bible they're going to help plant churches, and they're going to help engage with people uh, reading the Bible for the very first time. And so some of your gifts, when you give, is going to their ministry. We're going to partner with them for the first couple of years to get them up off the ground, and we'll see where it goes from there. Treasures in heaven when we invest in, in things that are going to last longer than us, and we're going to invest in people that we may never ever see here, but we may see in the new heaven, new earth. That's what treasures in heaven looks like. Our Core 52 action step for this week is to, to get with a financial coach and just strategize on how you can be generous as Christ is generous. Mark Moore phrases it a little differently, but I like it this way. Just, you know, just phrase how you can be generous. I met with my insurance guy this week, and it's just good to kind of have those meetings every so often just to kind of make sure is everything in check, are things in place. And my friend Brian Jennings says a lot of times that, you know, giving isn't about how much, it's just about how. How do you get there? Why, you know, what are your motives? What's your heart all about? Just follow what Christ has done for you. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't, uh, to consider kind of sitting down and just making sure that your heart is where you want your treasure to be. So Jesus says, don't do this, but do this. And here's the reason why, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's in verse 21 of Matthew 6. The, the rest of the verse goes this way, verse 22 to 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the summary, the result of Jesus, no matter your choice, your heart will follow your treasure. No matter your choice, things of heaven, things of earth, your heart will follow where your treasure is. Another way to say it is your heart follows your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. 
In these verses, chapter 6, 19 to 21, Jesus starts out by talking to them as a group. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In Missouri, we'd say, y'all. Y'all don't store up treasures on earth. Y'all best store up treasures in heaven. You, you all. Or sometimes we'd even say, you wins. You wins, okay? That's just, that's the plural for, for you, okay? But you get to verse 21. Aren't you so glad you got a hick preacher? Okay, all right. So verse 21, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not a group anymore. It's almost like Jesus is kind of calling, calling them out. Individual. Pointing, but maybe not in a mean way, just you. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. And so he's trying to get their attention. So he's starting to the group, and it's, you know, this, the disciples have come to him on this mountain, but now he's starting to kind of just speak to them at, the, at their hearts. You've been there, haven't you, where the preacher just feels like, man, I know there's a lot of people in this room, but it sounds like he's got laser eyes for me. Usually it's the Holy Spirit. We give them, we're not that smart, let's be honest, okay? The Holy Spirit can do that. And so Jesus is saying, no, you, this is between you and God. Tuvia Bolton tells a story of uh, Rabbi Zalman. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he's dead and can't defend himself. So it was in the 1700s, early 1800s. Rabbi Zalman was raising money to free Jewish prisoners. And he'd come to this town, and this town had a famous wealthy miser. And when anyone would come and call on him for the latest, you know, give to the needy project, he would always have this rusty penny that he would offer them, to which even the most desperate pauper would refuse. And so Rabbi Zalman comes to this town, hears about the wealthy miser. He says, I need two other rabbis to go with me. We're going to go call on this man. Well, the rabbis already knew about this guy's reputation. They're like, we're not going. But eventually two guys say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll accompany you. Rabbi Zalman says, you come, don't say a word. Don't say anything, just come with me. So they go knock on the door. They're welcomed in, sitting in this luxurious front room. They explain, hey, raising money to free these prisoners. The guy comes back with his velvet coin purse. Very touching story, Rabbi. Very touching story. You need to free the prisoners. Here's my gift. The rusty penny. The rabbi, Zalman, says, thank you very much. God bless you, writes out a little receipt, uh, and then gives him, writes nice blessings in the, on the paper in very beautiful handwriting, returns it back to the miser. They get up, say goodbye. On their way out to the door, one of the other rabbis like, you should have thrown it in his face. The guy's loaded, and he's just giving you this rusty penny, and he's kind of doing one of these numbers, be quiet. And they walk on out the door, and they're about to the front gate when they're about to leave. And the door opens back up. Rabbis, rabbis, come back. How much money did you say it would take to free those prisoners? 5,000 rubles. 5,000? Come back in. Here is 1,000. You can count it if you want to, but here, let's, I want to give 1,000. Thank you very much. Same receipt, you know, same blessings. God bless you. Returns it. They're walking back out. Back to the front gate. Door opens up one more time. Rabbis, rabbis, come back. I've changed my mind. And if you trace that word in the New Testament, it's the word repent. 
I've changed my mind. I want to give you all 5,000 to free the prisoners. Gives them the receipts, writes out the same blessings, thank you very much, returns it, and they're leaving. And the rabbis that had company, Rabbi Zalman said, how did that happen? A guy just gives rusty pennies and you're walking out with 5,000 rubles. And the rabbi Zalman said, well, this man has never experienced the joy of giving. Anytime he offered a gift, it was just thrown back in his face. He experienced the joy of giving. And I think that that man went from a miser to someone who was generous because he treasured those prisoners. And he wanted to do whatever it took to free them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. First time you see the word treasure in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, you've got these wise men from the east who are coming to Bethlehem. And they come to Jerusalem and they ask King Herod, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? We've seen a star in the east and we've come to worship him. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, the wise men find Jesus. It's probably not Bethlehem Christmas night. It's been some time. And in Matthew 2, 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child, Jesus, with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you see what's happening? These wouldn't be your typical religious guys. I mean, they were religious in a different way, spiritually, but uh, they were kind of pagans, and they're coming this far away, and they're bowing down before Jesus, and they're opening their treasures. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And they're bowing right before Jesus and they're opening their treasures and it's right there in front of him. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I just wonder if, the, if, G, if Jesus is sitting on Mary's lap and they give him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And some people say, well, maybe those gifts really foreshadow Jesus' life. The gold is a gift for a king, whereas he has been born king of the Jews. Frankincense is, a, is an incense, and then there's myrrh. And you trace myrrh through the gospel story, and it shows up again in John's gospel. And a man by the name of Nicodemus comes, and he takes the body of Jesus off the cross, and they, he has 75 pounds of ointment to wrap up the body of Jesus. And one of those places is myrrh. And here, as the wise men are presenting their treasures to King Jesus... Maybe there's a foreshadow of the treasure that Jesus would give his entire life for all of us. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I brought my treasure box. Do you have one of these at your house? Just a keepsake box, just one of those things where you just, you've been waiting, haven't you? You're like, what's he going to do with this? You better hurry it up. And so this keepsake box, you got, do you guys have these things? Just where you just keep like, just memories and just stuff, or am I the only one? Okay, so uh, thank you. These are, they're just cool. And so I could just preach an, a three-hour sermon. I'm not going to, but I just want to show you some things that I've got in here. 
I've got my cap from graduation. Last week, this weekend was graduation. So this is from my high school graduation. I'm not going to put it on. But inside uh, is the prayer that I got, had the opportunity to pray the opening prayer at my high school graduation. So I put my little notes in there. So you take your caps, take your hats off to pray. And I had my little notes right there. Okay? Remember that, okay? Next time you're doing your graduation. Okay. All right. All right. So I have that. Uh, I've got these cool trading cards from Desert Storm. These were really cool. My grandma worked at the Arsenal in Rock Island. And so you guys remember Storman Norman Schwarzkopf, Colin Powell. They're like baseball cards for all those guys. M1 Abrams tanks, uh, stealth bombers, F-14 Tomcat, cool jets. It's fun stuff in here. I've got old coins. I've got uh, uh, half dollars. Remember who's on the dollar coin? John F. Kennedy, okay, I've even got, uh, there's another JFK, and I've got some Eisenhower coins, you remember he was on, uh, these are, so I got one of those cool coins, okay, um, fun stuff in here, I've got my report card from 6th grade, I've got my report card from, this is old, I think some moth or vermin has started to destroy this, okay, this is from 1st grade from Cambridge Elementary School, and the teacher wrote in the first report, Neat work. Okay. So those are some things of treasures. There's also some other things in here. There is um, the awards assembly from my senior year. And on the back, uh, uh, hopefully I don't cry now, um, list of all the graduates, all 85 of us, starting with Corey Adkins and Aaron Arlington all the way down to Sherry Winchester and Vivian Yarborough. You remember your roll call, don't you? And so every one of those is a person creating God's image, valuable. I've also got some pictures in here. Here's one picture. This one's on the screen for you. This is a a beautiful blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, and she's eating a Reuben. I'm sure she ate every bite of that thing. I don't know. This is in uh, the village inn up in the Quad Cities. I just remember that. There's other pictures in here. And it, I forget what's in here. So here's your, outside of going to your financial coach this week and talking, find your treasure box and, and go through it this week. But here's some wedding pictures from when my uncle got married and I was the ring bearer. My sister was the flower girl. Oh, weren't we so cute and adorable? Um, but there's people here. So as you think about your treasure box, there's treasures of earth. Old report cards that are worn out and a lot of us put value in those grades, but when the day is done, it can be, you know, it's just there. But I think what's most important is these pictures and these names, treasures in heaven. So in a way, I think Jesus is just really asking herself, where's your treasure? Is it in stuff or with souls creating the image of God? Where your treasure is, your heart will be also.